Hey, it's Eddie. You'll know this if you listen to episode six, but if not, we released episodes six and seven together after the events of the Queer Liberation March. If you have the time, we recommend listening to both of them in order. A quick content warning, we're going to be talking about what happened at the end of the march, and that discussion includes mentions of police brutality. Thanks, and enjoy the show. I'm Eddie. I'm Sammy. And this is Housewarming Party. living in Los Angeles. Noah introduces his best friends Alex, Ricky, and Chance to his new friend Wade, an obviously straight screenwriter. The guys note Noah's attraction to Wade and warn him against getting involved. But is there a chance Wade might be gay? <laughs> Eddie, how are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, I guess when someone says they're good more than once, it usually suggests they're not good. They had to think about it. <laughs> like, okay, how do I want to answer this question? No, but I'm good. I um, got up early with the cats and <laughs> then uh, could not fall back asleep. But then I did knock out for a couple hours. And so yeah. rolled out of bed about 11.30. really adorable. Oh. How are you? I'm okay, actually. It's been a week. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. For reasons we will probably not discuss here. Uh-huh. But um, it's good to be, you know, here on the weekend with you. Yeah, um, we're having a group Google Hangout with our parents later on. It's gonna be adorable. I think that's the first time that they're gonna meet each other. Actually, wow. it's gonna be a virtual. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Ah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now it's time for an icebreaker. Each episode, we'll pick a question from one of our icebreaker cards. Do you think we should plug the makers of the cards? Um, are you asking if you think that the makers of the cards should sponsor us? Cool. Um, We'll pick one card every episode and take turns answering the question on that card. If you want to play along at home, you can send us your answer at housewarmingpartypod at gmail.com and we'll read it on next week's episode. So today's question, if you could live in a sitcom, which would it be? Hmm. And you can't just say friends. Ew. (laughs) God. Anyway, play along at home. Send your bye. I'm Eddie. I'm Sammy. Uh, this is Hounds Ring Party. Um, if I could live in a sitcom, which one would it be? I don't like. See, I don't like sitcoms, so yeah. I have to think about it. Do you have an idea? Do you have like one an answer? So, yeah, I I'm I'm starting to go back, uh-huh. like a little bit historical. <laughs> um, Okay. Like maybe I'm thinking like, you know, Chico and the Man or um or Girlfriends or um Living Single. <gasps> or... Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because when I think of the more recent ones, may you know, like Will and Grace or Modern <laughs> Family. Um We're not on those. They won't even cast us. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, even sitcoms that I watched recently. I don't watch a whole lot recently, but it might be fun to go back to. Yeah. So you think you'd be on Living Single? I think I'd be on Welcome Back, Cotter. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. And what would you do? Me and um, Juan Epstein. <laughs> okay. Sitcoms, <laughs> man. I don't I have to think about that. Really? For me, it's I used to love them. Yeah. It's the canned laughter. Although I guess now with more modern ones, they don't have the canned laughter. Yeah. But they do have that entire kind of arc that kind of wraps up in 30 minutes. That kind of Right. It's like every little thing is like, what crazy crisis are we going to get in and laugh about today? And then it's over. And then it's, you know. I'm, Which is I'm like just, our real life because we have like crazy crisis and hijinks every day. I actually. So maybe I don't, you know, maybe the one I want to live on is housewarming party. Oh my gosh. That's your, that's our answer. Yeah. We are our own sitcom. Okay. Remember, if you want to play along at home, send your answer to housewarmingpartypod at gmail.com and we'll read it on next week's episode. That's it for Icebreakers. So where to begin this segment and this story? Yeah. I feel like we might as well just kind of pick up where we left off last week. Yeah. Last week we talked about what pride or pride this year in times of quarantine, in times of uprising, um, after a month long of you kind of sharing your stories um, and months of us kind of being isolated, what that might might mean to us. And you were looking forward to pride. I was looking forward to the march. Okay. Um, Pride was, you know, hasn't been really my thing for a while. Yeah. But I was looking forward to seeing people. Yeah. And I was looking forward to kind of reclaiming what um, pride used to be and what used to, how it used to kind of feel for me. Yeah. Um, and also still not knowing what it was going to feel like being around thousands of people since we've been so isolated for so long. Yeah. So let's talk about that because we've both been pretty cautious in terms of like when we go out and when we wear, uh, you know, like wear protection. Sounds like. <laughs> um, but, you know, like taking care of ourselves and precautions and things like that. And so how did we decide that our first real big outing since we've been sheltering in place, my cat's ass is in front of my face right now. Um, our first big outing since sheltering in place is this rally where there were like, at, you know, tens of thousands of people probably. Yeah. It was huge. I think it's inter- one of the things I love is the fact that we talked about it weeks in advance mm-hmm. um, and continue to talk about it um, up until the day of. Yeah. Um, because I felt like we reserved the opportunity and the right to kind of change our minds um, and to have different options. And so we chose to do it and do it as safely as possible. So we had our masks and our gloves and our um, hand sanitizer. And I kind of was kind of took on that role of the mom friend of yeah. our group. Um, I had a little backpack, a little stringed backpack with um, extra pair of gloves, an extra pair of uh, masks and sunscreen and bottled water and band-aids and God, what else did I have? An umbrella, yeah, both to protect us from the sun, potential rain, and pepper spray, yeah. Um, and so and whistles to kind of protect our voices, um, so we're not kind of screaming all day long. And so I think we kind of went into it with the sense of um, doing it in the most safe way possible, for both in terms of staying healthy. But also in terms of staying safe, um, we downloaded um, that app so that we can kind of find each other. Life 360. Life 360. Yeah. Um, so now you know where all my family is yeah. and how their battery life is on the I phone. know. Every now and then it pops up and it's like, <laughs> Xavier's battery life is at 8%. Tell them to charge their phone. I'm like, I don't have his number and also he's a child. I'm not going to be like, hey, Xavier, charge your phone. No. And it's one of the, and I remember being, you know, being on the... Um, or being in the um, 
car on the way down the mm-hmm. lift, no lift or via or whatever. We took a lift, yeah. Um, and, and thinking about, you know what, is this overkill since it really didn't seem, um, it went off without a hitch last year. Yeah. And I think for us, even if it does, we want to be prepared. Um, yeah. And so I think by the time we got there, we're feeling pretty good and pretty prepared about whatever we could expect. Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised. Yeah, I would say I was surprised at how many people were wearing masks. I mean, across yes. the, universally. Yeah. I mean, I literally remember being on, I think, 7th Avenue and Houston. And I was like, okay, what are the chances of everybody wearing a mask? So I'm like looking around. I was like, there has to be at least one person. Um, and sure enough, I mean, even if people showed up without a mask, they would have gotten one. They had one. stations so. <laughs> like all along the route of masks, hand sanitizer, bottled water, sunscreen. Like the organizers of this march were really looking out for people and really taking care of people. And the march was incredibly well. Like everyone had masks. Yeah. You know, like there's this one drag queen. I think it was my friend Pixie, but I couldn't tell because she was wearing this mask that was like a full face, like like almost Daft Punk looking kind of visor all like covering her entire face. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, okay, she would wear that bodysuit and that does look like how she pads, but I can't tell if that's her because like she's got this mask covering her entire face. Same thing with like all the queens. Didn't matter if they had their faces like caked on. My sisters were there with like the white face caked on and the, the habits and all that shit. And still everyone was wearing a mask. Yeah. I mean, it was, God, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to kind of remember the experience and the feelings. I mean, it was, it felt pretty amazing to be around so many people, um, bringing so much kind of positive energy um, around kind of change, both, you know, drawing attention to the value um, of black trans lives, uh, drawing attention to the importance of acknowledging kind of police brutality in this city and in the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Um, You know, it felt like I was telling somebody yesterday, in some ways it felt like my first pride ever, Hmm. like every pride I've been to up until now was a different type of event. Yeah. It was more a celebration of community and identity. And yeah. this felt more like um, kind of a call for change and more like what I imagine, um, and maybe romantically, the first kind of pride to be more like. Yeah. Um, I love kind of hearing the chanting, the kind of shared voices. Um, I did spend a lot of time keeping a set of eyes on the police mm. who were all along the route, um, keeping a set of eyes on you um, to make sure that we didn't get separated at any point. But I did have a third set of eyes on the rowdy white people around us. Um, not that there were rowdy white people around us, but kind of making sure that I felt safe around even our own allies. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, I've been super, super impressed by the role of white allies in a lot of the Black Lives Matter and um, kind of... Um, support of the black community where you'll have in multiple protests um, walls of white bodies um, kind of surrounding um, kind of black um, black marchers black protesters and that's good Um, on the other hand you have kind of protesters who sometimes take it a step too far in a way that puts black and brown bodies at risk yeah. And so I was, you never know kind of who you're marching next. Is this someone who is going to lay down their um, body in front of me um, and put themselves at risk on my behalf? Or is this someone who is going to kind of take things too far in a way that's going to put me at risk? Um, 
And so that's a lot to kind of be kind of carrying in your mind yeah. the entire route. Yeah. But for the most part, um, the protesters were um, super peaceful. The organizers, I thought, yeah. did a great job. Um, it was great kind of sharing that experience with you. Yeah. And then the Fire Nation attacked. What was the experience of the um, march like for you? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I went to the Queer Liberation March last year. Um, I know that you didn't, but I did. Yeah. Uh, and it felt similar. This year was much bigger. Um, it felt similar, though, in that um, there was a spirit of community that really united a bunch of people. And I really meant, like, last year, I will say the difference between last year and this year is that I feel like last year there was a greater mix of ages. That there was really, like, a sense of... of um old and young LGBTQ plus people and that there were more older people last year. And my feeling is, and there's still like, it's not that there weren't any, you know, but my feeling is that I, I'm willing to bet, and I don't blame this them for this at all, that a lot of them would have stayed home to protect themselves because there's still a pandemic going on, uh-huh. you know? It's a really good point. Yeah. So I, I wonder if maybe that's it. I wonder if it was incredibly hot that day. Mm-hmm. Um I remember last year there like being a mix of bodies, including like whether they whether you're um, whether you have a disability or not, uh, and like I, I saw less of that this year probably because it's hot as hell and there's a pandemic. So I do think that that influence too came out. That said, there was still a larger number of people overall this year, um, and the spirit of it was very much the same. Is that you know it's a group of people who are united by, you know, being a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and yet the focus is both communal and political. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was tr- That was true last year, and it was true this year. Uh, the organizers both years did a great job of just, like, commanding the crowd. I, I still think, like, and they did this last year, too, that one of the most beautiful moments is when everyone takes a knee and has a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to get a crowd of tens of thousands to just take a knee and be quiet together uh, is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, it says something about the organizers and it says something about the people who are out there and why we're here. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so they were, you know, and and feeling this real like sense of not, you know, there's there's nothing corporate about this march. No. You know, like the floats are people on their like buses and trucks, you know, just playing whatever music they can and decorating it however they can. And even that only saw one of those at the one very, at the very, very end. end. And then at the very beginning, there were, like, handmade large, like, puppets of Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera and, and, like, several other people. Um, Everything was sort of, like, by and for this community that is organizing and running this march. Yeah. And I, you know, so I I always loved that. I loved that people were really looking out for each other. Um, I loved that, you know, even in this hot, incredibly, like, crowded group of people, Everyone is like, oh, oh, sorry, honey. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, happy Pride. All and like being really nice and kind to each other versus like going to a corporate Pride. And if you bump into somebody who's like really drunk and just wants his beads from Microsoft Float or whatever, it's like move, bitch, or you know anything that's like, oh yeah, we're all here. We're all here to be community, and yet we're like always like we're here really to like get drunk and smash, and that's you know, and that's what you know. I I. I I really don't like that about regular pride, I guess, or what what regular pride has become. And I love that the queer liberation march really isn't that at yeah. all. 
um, that there's a genuine sense of like everyone's together. I am so curious to see where this goes next year. Yeah. I mean, this is now the second year. Yeah. Um, it's the first year where there was no other um, Pride event going on. Right. And so I'm wondering if for the folks who did participate this year, if they're going to be less likely to, to participate in a kind of corporate Pride next year because it's, it's yeah. just going to feel like a, um, I want to say a letdown. It's just... It's just going to seem like we're kind of moving in the wrong direction. Right. But I think there's also a large swath of people who did not participate in the march who are eager for their kind of corporate pride to come back. I also think there's like a pretty good number of people who did participate in this march because it was the only pride event that they had. That's and true. They, were, they couldn't give a damn about any sort of like, you know, message for black trans people. They're just white gays looking to party. And this is the only party they could actually go to. So they came. Yeah. You know, I bet there's a contingent of that as well. That's a really good point. I appreciate you saying that so that I don't kind of romanticize kind of what what the march was for everybody when it really was. I can only really speak to what it was for me. Yeah. But one thing I did notice, and I think I mentioned to you, is that this is the first um, pride, the first kind of march I've ever been to in any city that yeah. did not have protesters. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because protesters feel more emboldened in the corporate prides because they're protected by the police. Yeah. They usually have their own gated area where they're kind of penned in. Um, and so they kind of show up. Um, they see their old friends from every year because it's the same people yeah. uh, marching. It's the same people protesting. And I would expect to see some of that this year, especially in such a political event. Um, and there were none. And it, it did kind of strike me as surprising. Um, and yeah. that's that was my kind of takeaway that it's it's because there wasn't um, a formal way for kind of police to protect protesters um, like that like they are protected in other marches. So can we talk about the police, aka the Fire Nation? Sure. Yeah. So we ended up uh, the march ended at Washington Square Park, and we hung out there waiting for our friends um, to kind of connect with them. Uh, some who were still marching, and our friend Diane, who was a marshal, mm -hmm. um, and who would be joining us after the march was over. Yeah. So we kind of went to the bathroom, we got something to drink, we got some ice cream, we hung out in the march, and there we are on the south side of the park watching police, eight, eight of, or so of them? I witnessed and recorded uh, about a dozen. About a dozen. It was eight. A group of eight at first, and then four more followed. That's what I was going to say. There was a group, so a group of eight kind of walking in um, kind of briskly and uh, and urgently. Yeah, but the and, second they hit the park, they start running. Yeah, um, and then they start running. And so it's, it's crazy that in a park that is that crowded mm -hmm. that, A, um, a group of police officers would draw your attention. But it was their energy that kind of caught my attention. Yeah. Um, even before they started running, they were just kind of walking and with a sense of urgency that I was like, okay, did they somebody, were going for something. Did somebody they get like hurt? Players. Is there an emergency? Um, are, is I did not think that they were here to respond to an emergency. They looked like predators. And they're predators. And I'm sorry, police are predators. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah, no, no, go ahead. No, that's all I wanted to say. But yeah. No, no, no. Talk about what, um, so what did you see and experience? Um, so I saw the police come in. Um, the march was, okay, the march was over, by the way. 
Uh, everyone was in Washington Square Park. Uh, everyone was having a really good time. It was really relaxed and chill. And even with that huge, there was a huge number of people there. And even with that large number of people, the atmosphere was so warm and relaxed and welcoming. Um, the organizers had done this great job of making sure people were getting fed, uh, making sure people had water, people had sunscreen. Even in the park, like they, they had just done this incredible job of taking care of the people that had shown up to protest. Um, and I think that that's why the cops drew attention is because they were not taking care of anybody. Mm -hmm. um, they also drew attention for me because, like we said, all the protesters were wearing masks. The cops were not wearing masks. Yeah. It was, which is hilarious because the cops will find any reason to like slam a black or brown person down on the ground for not observing social distancing or wearing protection or protective gear. Um, but the cops are not doing it either. Um, and so like to watch a group of them, come, first of all, they came in in a group. Uh, yep. Maybe with, like they got 20 feet in and then they started running. Um, and it startled people around them. Like people started to freak out. And that was like, and it just sort of, their arrival caused a disruption. Um, so I pulled out my phone. I started recording. You were, you had my back on that. And uh, we were chasing them. Um, and probably by the time we got to the other end of the park, uh, by the time we got there, people were screaming, make a hole, make a hole. Because um, I guess cops had also arrived from that end as well and had started pushing and pepper spraying. Yeah. And um, I know I have a friend whose uh, ankle got busted. Yeah. Um, I know some people who were just like slammed to the ground. Uh, I know that apparently like at least one bystander who like wasn't even fucking part of it. He was just like operating one of those fruit stands. Apparently he got sprayed as well just because he was there. Yeah. Um, people saw that. I don't know who the guy is personally, but people saw it happen. Um, so, you know, we had cops rushing in from our end of the park. And by, we were on the other end of the park. Yeah. I think we were on the south side. We ran to the north when the cops came in. Yeah. Um, and so cops started coming in from the south, and there had already been cops instigating something from the north. Yeah. Um, and by the time we get there, uh, a couple people had already been pepper sprayed. Uh, the organizers were uh, calling for people to make a hole so that we could get the folks who had been pepper sprayed out and get them treated. Mm -hmm. um, there were some medics on the, you know, in the protest, like organizing, yeah. you know, among the organizers uh, who were already treating people for pepper spray. Um, so we got, we got kind of like filled in when we were over there that police were trying to make arrests. Um, at that time, we didn't know what for. Yeah. And that, um, and you could hear the chance. You of... could hear the chance of release them. Um, the organizers, by the way, were like encouraging folks not to engage in violence. It was the police who were engaging in violence, and yeah. the organizers were trying to de-escalate the situation by calling for folks to kneel, to raise their hands, um, if you know, to chant rather than hit, to chant rather than push, because then you know that's only going to cause more of us to get beaten and arrested. Yeah. And sure enough, like. People who were, the protesters were doing that. We were taking a knee. We were chanting. We were, you know, saying, let them go, let them go. We we were actually not, we were just, we weren't even defending ourselves. We were just, like, trying to get the cops to stop attacking us. Um, there was a, I still have a video of her. There was a white um, trans femme individual whom I don't know who was telling us the situation, but uh, she had been pepper sprayed. Um I actually don't know if those are her pronouns, so they, them. Uh, they had been pepper sprayed. Yeah. Um, 
and had taken off their shirt and bra because their skin was hurting. Yeah. You know, and to pour water on their skin. And so I haven't, I just like haven't circulated it. Mm-hmm. I mean, A, there's a lot of videos out there if you want to go find them. But B, I also don't know her like that and I don't know if that's the way yeah. she wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she told us the situation was that the cops were trying to arrest some folks. Um, this person was, uh, I need to make sure to use they, them, because again, I, don't, yeah. I actually don't know who they are. Um, this person was among a group of white protesters who decided they were going to put their bodies um, in front of black yeah. and brown protesters. And the second they did that, the cops just sort of like started spraying. Yeah. Um, and so that that was apparently what was going on. Um, as folks were kneeling and chanting, um, police seemed to leave the area. So, like, the protesters just started cheering, like, okay, we've de-escalated the, situa- the situation. Let's take care of whoever has been pepper sprayed and, and let's go from there. But, you know, Eddie and I were on the north side and once we got there, we realized... That was when we realized the march actually was over. Yeah. Because the... You can see that last truck. That last truck. Yeah, there was a truck that was bringing up the rear, and that was supposed to signify, like, the end of the march, I think. Yeah. Um, And so when we were there, when we ran to the north side, we realized that the truck was stationed there. And we are like, okay, so this means the march is officially over. We know that Diane was supposed to join us once the march, the march was over because she was marshalling. So where is she? And then we got concerned. Eddie was really worried for Diane. Yeah. Um, and so we did, like, a lap around the block to try and, like, find her. Yeah. Um, and as we did a lap, uh, I think, like, we turned that corner, and there was, like, a whole group of police riding in on bikes. like On 9th and 5th, I think? I think so. And, like, it's, like... Literally a block north of the park, you right. see. And I'm, like, I'm not shitting you. This is no exaggeration. It had to have been at least 30. Yeah. It was a massive group. And I remember, like, you know, there were people who had been at the protest who were kind of on the sidewalks watching it happen. There was, like, some girl who went, you know, she yelled, like, we didn't do anything, uh, and a cop yelling at her to get out of the road. I just remember, th- um, I remember it struck me because, A, the march was over. B, whatever incident may or may not have occurred was also over. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking, why so, so why many? Are cops showing why up? are they showing up? And <laughs> my... And also I was thinking, and why on bikes? Like, yeah. what are they going to do? Are they going to arrest people? Are they going to uh, lock up their bikes? It just looked like a show of force. Yeah. And then right behind them were... A group in riot gear. A group in riot Probably gear. about the same size. Um, there were, like, there are cop vans showing up, cop cars showing up. Um, so we made the loop. We couldn't find Diane. Uh, we get back to roughly the same spot. Not quite. Uh, and we find Diane in um, a human barricade, basically, yeah. between the protesters and the police. Uh, organizers are calling for protesters to get back in the park, sort of on the other side of the barricade and away from the cops um, to, to try and protect them. Yeah. Um, so, and we were not gone that long. So whatever happened in whatever period of time, like the cops had shown back up again to the same spot. I would not be surprised if it escalated because more police showed up. Yeah. Because we left, I mean, even by the time we left to go find Diane, yeah. there was a group of um, police by, not too far from where we were standing behind the van. Yeah. And then they left, and we knew because there was lots of cheering. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so cops are leaving, and so it's all over. So by the time we came back, I was like, either something new happened or it was the fact that they arrived that escalated it. So we yeah. um, kind of locked arms with Diane. And there was a kind of Diane on my right and you on my left. Yeah. Um, and it was it was upsetting, um, a little scary, but also 
all I kept thinking was at least I know where Diane is, and at least um, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was scary. Not know when I saw that truck and I knew that the parade has ended, and I knew that Diane was supposed to join us at the end of the parade, um, and we didn't know where she was. Um, it was scary, and I kind of held your hand super super tight. I'm sorry yeah. about that. Walked super super fast. Why because uh, I didn't want to crush your fingers. <laughs> um, I also didn't want to um, exacerbate things, yeah. um, you know. But I think, and and you were so sweet because you knew that um, I would be okay um, once we found her. Um, and so there we were, and they had a they had a row of people with bicycles mm-hmm. um, get in front of us yeah. while we were in front of protesters. Yeah. And then within a couple of minutes, it seemed to de-escalate to the point where um, we could kind of break the barricade. The van had to leave. And that, like, and with the van, like, a group of police left. And and that's what kind of, once again, I thought to myself, wait, that's why that truck was here the whole time? Yeah. All they needed to do was move the van so that the truck could pass by. Um, and I just, it just seemed so unnecessarily. Yeah. And for me, you know, having a background working with preschool children, having a background working with adolescents um, in after-school programs, you know, I know a little bit about kind of de-escalating large groups um, and just everything that the police were doing just seemed counterintuitive to peacemaking. Yeah. Um, everything that the organizers were doing seemed so, um, that's what I'm looking for, so common sense. So what you're saying is the cops are worse at de-escalating than toddlers. <laughs> uh, than, than preschool teachers. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if toddlers are particularly good at de-escalating. Okay. But in terms of kind of de-escalating. Well, I'll say it because fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they finally left. And there was more cheering, more, you know. There was a, like, DJ nearby on, like, their uh-huh. car went back to playing music people were partying and so uh eddie and diane and i left and we went to go get some drinks and some food nearby and as we're we weren't even there that long maybe like another hour um as we're drinking and eating we noticed that more cops are driving over to the area yeah um we did not return to the area at that point we're like we are going home we couldn't even get on a train not to mention that the helicopters were still flying overhead. There were helicopters. They had been overhead throughout the entire march. Um, they were still overhead um, after the mar- long after the march was over. Like Sammy said, you know, Union Square Station, entrances and exits were closed. We couldn't closed. even get on the train. Um, there were cops everywhere at every station, like something had happened. I'm like, except nothing had happened that you all didn't start. Yeah, and Union Square is not that even, not that close to Washington Square. It's not Square. even close. I didn't, and I didn't understand. Yeah, like all along our way there, every intersection there were cops. Every you know, like street there were cars and, and cop cars, just like walking around in huge, huge numbers all of a sudden, yeah. all the way to Union Station. Then we had to get a cab back. Um, we were trying to take the train, but we couldn't. Yeah. Um, and what do you remember uh, from after the march was over? Like how it kind of landed in your body? What did we do that night? Uh, that night, I, because I had been like live posting about what was going on. Oh, that's right. Uh, my first that's thing right. was like letting folks know, like, I don't know what, I know right away the media is going to spin this because they do. I know right away there's going to be like the Twitter armchair detectives being like, well, someone must have done something. If you commit a crime, you can expect to get arrested and like all that kind of fucking bullshit that you can say when you have no stake in what's going on. 
And I knew that was going to happen right away, and sure enough, it did. So I'm like, hey, before any of that happens, I just want everyone to know we were there and we saw it, and we didn't fucking do anything wrong. Um, I don't know why cops showed up, but they showed up looking for a fight. They had been all along the route just, like, watching us and not, like, obviously not doing anything, but, like, you just knew they were coming. They were looking for a reason to beat some fucking queers. And they found their reason at the very end when the march was over and everyone was in the park fucking having fun. And um, that put me in uh, doing all of that. I got in touch with um, through a friend, a reporter at the Gothamist who had written about the situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had read their article and was sort of like, or I don't even know if it was theirs or if it was a different reporter at the Gothamist. I'd have to look at the author's names. But I remember them like, I remember reading the article, and that was the first time that I had learned that allegedly what brought the cops to the park was that two people had put up graffiti. That's right. Um, I didn't learn till the morning after that the alleged graffiti was somebody had taken a shoppie and uh, shoppie. Um, I didn't learn until the morning after that somebody, the, the, the graffiti was that somebody had taken a sharpie to a cop car and just crossed out NYPD. Um, and that warranted and that warranted and dozens, dozens of police of flooding the park pepper spraying people there is a video of like and like I'm telling you some some people they look at videos and they're like mm, this is there's more than one side of the story I'm like this is actually the story there are videos of cops walking in and unprompted no words no conversation spraying and shoving people and that actually is what happened yeah. And I don't like I don't want to hear this fucking like there is some other side of the story because this is the story. The cops came to fight. The cops came to attack people. The cops enjoyed it. That was what they were here to do. And yeah. they found their reason. And their reason was somebody who fucking scratched out NYPD on a cop car. Is that stupid? Who fucking cares? That doesn't warrant the response. Nothing does. Nothing yeah. does. The cops shouldn't have fucking been there in the first place. And so I was in touch with one of the, I guess, one of the reporters from the Gothamist. I don't know if they wrote that or if they were writing a follow-up because I felt that their article was lacking the detail of, first of all, how the cops showed up and in the numbers in which they showed up. Um, so I provided a statement to them probably around, like, midnight. Um, and then I went to bed. And I woke up the next morning, and I just couldn't focus on anything. And so I took a half day off work. I ended up working most of the day anyway, but I called it a half day. How do you feel about it? Well, it was it was upsetting. I mean, um, at the very least, um, I was very worried for you, mm -hmm. um, very worried about Diane, um, and at the same time, very proud. Um, about the way you immediately kind of jumped into action, grabbed your phone, started filming. Um, so kind of supremely proud of Diane. Um, I don't know why we kind of walked around the block looking for her. I should have known she'd be exactly where she was, right in the middle of things, right up front. Um, the kind of leader that I've expected her to be, that I kind of hope for her to be um, for the city of New York one day. Um, and, and of the organizers and the protesters, um, peaceful, smart, um, intuitive, uh, 
um, empathetic, all the things that kind of community leadership at its best. I was like, okay, this feels in the midst of all of this kind of like um, nastiness. It didn't even feel chaotic because I felt like um, the organizers understood that chaos leads to um, violence pretty quickly. And so part of de-escalation is kind of letting people know that there's a barrier, um, there are boundaries, and you know that I, I was really kind of impressed by all of that. Um, the fact that you and Diane and I kind of grabbed a drink afterwards, um, it was, what's the word I'm looking for? Frustrating to see other kind of patrons outside the bar without their masks. We had literally just spent an entire day surrounded by tens of thousands of people with masks and a dozen people at, at a bar two blocks away couldn't even be bothered with a mask. But we had each other. Mm. We went home. Um, and I remember that you took a shower right away. Um, and I, you know, I was kind of posting, you were posting. And I was very conscious of the aftercare that we both needed. Um, and I think... Leaning on each other, grabbing a drink was was one thing. Um, having some time to ourselves was another. Kind of curling up and cuddling at the end of the night, taking the day off. Um, you know, for me, from our preparation from before the march began to kind of our vigilance during the march to our springing to action and our aftercare after the march. Um, I my emotions were all over the place, scared, um, angry. Um, proud, um, and 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 a sense of connection, um, and so I'm glad we decided not to put out the podcast last week. It doesn't change anything that we said um, because I think how we felt at the time was valid, um, and in fact, what happened puts what we said last week in a context, and vice versa. So I'm glad we're doing this today. And I don't know if, I, if we could have done it earlier in the week. I mean, literally, when I posted it, I, the first words I said was, I don't know if I'm going to have much more to say after this. Because in the moment, I didn't want to talk much about it. Um, it was still very upsetting for me. Um, I remember holding her hand very tightly and kind of like, you know, choking back tears because I was so scared um, that something should happen to you or to Diane. Um, and so... I didn't want to talk much about it um, on the internet on Sunday night, um, on the podcast, even a couple days later. And so with a little bit of distance, the timing of this seems right. I love you. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm not. Why? Why? I mean, like, where's the pride in just like a response to trauma? Where's the pride in that? I mean, like, I've been, like, trying to process how I felt about what happened all week. And, like, in the, in the moment, like, it's, it's muscle memory. Like, any time mm -hmm. I've ever been in a crisis ever, any time I've ever been, you know, whether I was a witness to violence or a target of violence, like, you just sort of spring into action and do whatever you have to do to protect yourself or get out of the situation de-escalate the situation, document the situation mm -hmm. to make sure the person is protected, at least by proof. And so when I saw the cops, I didn't even think my my immediate muscle reaction was they need to be filmed because they're about to do something. And yep. sure enough, they did. And when we found Diane and she was in the barricade, I didn't even think about it. You know, my muscle reaction was, 
better us than somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So we got beside her, and I would do it again. And when they left, I was just so angry. And even after, like the day after seeing like People Online's response to like articles about it, just, oh, you know, what else could criminals expect? And like, but we weren't doing anything criminal. I really actually don't give a fuck who crossed out NYPD on a Sharpie. That doesn't even count as graffiti. Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares at all? Yeah. There's no reason for the cops to exist. I hate them. And I'm so tired of living in this heightened state of wondering what's going to happen next. I don't give a fuck about coronavirus. I don't care. I care about the cops. We're going to find a cure for coronavirus. We're not going to find a cure for systemic racism and white supremacy and transphobia. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. And I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm having to live in a world where like at least once a fucking year we get paid to get paraded around and say, hey, we're people too. Give me a check so I can live and pay my rent. <sighs> that it doesn't matter because nothing actually changes. Nothing ever changes and nobody believes you. I hate the police. I hate the police. I don't care. And I don't care how people feel when I say that. I don't care how people... Oh, good. well, good luck when they're gone. If you really want to abolish the police, well, good luck being protected then. People need to protect us from them right now. Yeah. Non-cops need to protect us from cops right now. If they went away, our community would be a lot safer. I don't give a fuck what people think about, oh, good luck keeping the community safe. We keep each other safe. And we always have. This time last year, the fucking dumbass police commissioner was like, oh, if Stonewall happened today, 50 years later, we wouldn't do the same thing. And look where we are. Nothing changes. Nothing fucking changes. And I'm tired of living in this state of wondering what the next thing is going to be. Not even a few days after the march, I'd heard another story about a black trans man who was attacked and is alive, but barely. And we're fucking lucky that he's alive. Yeah. What kind of world do we live in where we breathe a sigh of relief just because he survived an attack? He shouldn't have been attacked. <sighs> Pride is such bullshit. It's all bullshit. I love you so much. I love you. I think I'll be okay. I think we'll all be okay in some way eventually, but right now, mm. it's okay to feel what we feel. I can't imagine any other response being more appropriate. All I know is that no matter what happens, we've got each other. I got you, Papa. 
Yeah, that's what I got you. I kept thinking about that all day last sun- Sunday. What? Sammy's got me. You got me too. Sammy with his matching T-shirt <laughs> that he ordered for me. We did. We did have matching T-shirts that he pulled out of the hamper and steamed. Mine was stinky, <laughs> and yours was nice and new because you hadn't worn yours yet. But I wanted to match. Yeah. <sighs> and you were there for me the whole time. I remember you thinking to myself me. as we we're marching, I'm thinking, I love that I'm with a man who I can kind of share these moments and experiences with. Yeah. At the height of my kind of pride and joy during the march, and at the kind of the height of my kind of fear and anger um, at the end of the march, you were there the entire time. I'm so kind of grateful, and I love you for all that. I love you, too. And I'll always be there at the highest heights and lowest lows. Love you, too, Papa. I love you, Sammy.